You are listening to Kingdom Faith, where we focus on the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. This will be the last week of our prayer series, and it is we're going to talk about how to pray intentionally. But before we get to uh, the meat of what we're going to be talking about uh, today, um, Ben, if animals could talk, which one would be the rudest? Well, Phil, I think that donkeys would be the rudest animal, and I think the the reasons for that are very obvious. What are they? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> slang. Uh, actually, donkeys in the literature, there's kind of a dichotomy because some some literature portrays them as what you would think of as a donkey, but other literature portrays donkeys as very wise. In the the book Animal Farm by George Orwell, there's a donkey named Ben who is perceived as the wisest character. So my real answer is seagulls because they're like little devils with wings. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, what about you? I would probably say like a goose. I feel like they would definitely be the rudest. Um, here, not too long ago, I've already told Ben this story, but um, I played disc golf and I was out uh, playing some holes and I threw one and it landed by a family of geese and and it's probably about 15 feet away from them and I got to the disc and I was just going to pick it up and walk a little bit ways away so I didn't have to get in their way and probably three geese looked at me and just hissed. <laughs> just hissed at me and I mean they stared me down the whole time. I thought you were attacking them. Yeah, and as a kid, I've also been attacked by <laughs> geese before, so they're pretty mean. So I would assume if they could say anything, they would only be saying mean things. <laughs> Slurs. <just> yeah. <laughs> it's all bleeped out. <laughs> so we'll get into the, the, the meat of what we're talking about here. Yeah, well, Phil, it's like what you said, this is our last week of talking about prayer. So we have decided to sit down and talk about how to pray intentionally. So, just to get us started, Phil, could you just give us some definitions on intentional prayer, what you believe it to be? So, when we when we talk about uh, intentional prayer, this is sort of what we're talking about, just that, that setting moments aside to pray, hmm. setting time, setting places, um, making your prayers specific, uh, making them practical, and doing some of that, but, but to do that, I believe, you know, that also involves having your whole your whole heart, mind, and soul in your prayer. Yeah, um, an an example that I picked out that comes from really uh, our pastor, Pastor Jimmy, who we had on uh, several episodes ago, he likes to talk about a a famous uh, theologian named George Mueller who was alive in the 19th century. And in his autobiography or memoirs, I don't know what the right word is, he he talks about how he ran this orphanage and there were so many times where they were would be out of food and but he would sit all the kids down and they would give thanks to a meal that wasn't there mm-hmm. and after giving thanks for this meal after setting aside that intentional moment to pray and give thanks to God that he would provide for them a bread van would break yeah. down outside and they would have their meal or um, a milk man because they had milkman back in the day would say, hey, my car just broke down. This milk's going to go bad. Can you use it? And his his records are just full of mm-hmm. all these times where he intentionally prayed to God for a specific need. 
and God granted it to him. I think that's a great example. Yeah, and I and I think a lot of times when intentional prayer or practical prayer, however you want to kind of label it, those are the types of, of prayers that um, are so specific that you're like, okay, God, I need, I need, you know, this amount of bread for this amount of people. And I know you can provide it. I believe you're going to provide it. And then in, in George Mueller's case, you know, he, he saw no other than God's hand move in, mm-hmm. in mighty ways to the orphanage that, that he ran and, and some of those things. But um, I always like when when we talk about some of those stories with George Mueller, because I think it puts us in a place where we can we can pray about something so specific, and because we see it through, you know, somebody else it's happened, we can also believe that it could happen with us. And the Bible says that to us, that if we ask, you know, that God's going to give it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, when we when we are praying without doubting and believing wholeheartedly that God's going to do it. You know, we'll move away from what intentional prayer. I think we got a pretty good idea of what it is. But I think this next piece here is kind of a controversial piece. Um, not not too bad of a controversial piece, but some people have a hard time doing it or, or something like that. But do you believe, Ben, that we should have scheduled times of prayer? Yeah, I wholeheartedly do. And to address what you were saying, Phil, uh, some people, maybe even a lot of people, think that when you become very scheduled, when you become very uniform, with your prayer life, with, with any aspect of your relationship with Christ, that it can get kind of bland, it can get kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And that's not untrue. Like, if, if you aren't making it intentional, if you aren't being purposeful with it, yeah, it will get bland. But does that mean that we shouldn't be purposeful? No, we should always be purposeful. Mm-hmm. It is great to pray for random things throughout the day. I wrote down a couple notes about times when when I've just stopped and prayed. And I don't always do it, but when I do do it, it always works out better. Sometimes when I'm getting flustered, when I'm getting angry, when I want to say something bad, I'll throw up a quick prayer. It helps calm me down, helps center me, Mm -hmm. and I have God on my side when I'm doing that. The same thing for random things that come up during the day. Maybe someone is going through something or you hear a prayer request. And so you just sit down and you're like, hey, I'm going to pray for this thing. Or ask that person to pray with them right then and there. What I would say to supplement that is write those things down. And then when you have that intentional prayer time that you have set aside, pray for it again. That's important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely agree wholeheartedly with all that. But I also think with it. You know, a lot of times our lives can become, I know, so busy, become so worrisome. There's so many things happening throughout the day, and then then our minds are bad, mm-hmm. and they they run in, in in so many different directions. You'll be worrying about what's going to happen a month down the road, or a week down the road, or all these worries can come up, but um, they they block us from remembering to talk to God. To pray to God. And this is why I also believe that we should have scheduled times to pray. Do they have to be specific? Does it have to always be at 5 o'clock? No. But you should be able to say, okay, I, I have this time. I know I can make a, you know a half an hour of prayer time throughout my day for sure. I'm going to pray at noon at my lunch break for... 
10 minutes. I'm going to pray, you know, when I get home from work or before bed or, or those types of things. Um, because I think when, when you begin to schedule prayer, when you begin to make prayer a priority and be intentional, I'm going to pray at 8 o'clock every day, um, you begin not to forget to pray. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I know some people in our church, and you might even be one that sets alarms mm-hmm. when, for prayer time, you know, just to remind yourself, hey, I have an alarm set at 8 o'clock. This is either, you know, I know some of the people here do like Bible study or something like that. But with their prayer time also, I think that's great. I think that is something that I wish more Christians would tap into. I wish myself would tap into it more often than I do. Because like you said, there are times when you forget to do it or you just don't do it. And those times are worse or not as good as the times when you do it. Yeah. And to get that kind of point of point across, you know, that that prayer in your life is always going to be good. Not praying in your life is always going to be bad. Yep. Plain and simple. It doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it when we think of scheduled time to pray, like you said. You know, is my life going to get boring in my Christian walk? Is it going to um, kind of be bland, like you said? Is not going to feel like there's any passion in it? I actually disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I said, like we said in the very beginning, if you have a heart, mind, and soul for prayer, if you get that right first, you got to get that right first. So if you have that right, and then you have scheduled time to pray, it's only going to be good. It's never going to be bad. Prayer is never going to be bad. Now, I'll say this, because prayer has lots of different aspects to it. This is why, I, that, why we said that, um, you know, in our first episode, that is more complicated than we can even understand or, or we can comprehend. I, I don't understand how God listens to us and, and does even sometimes the things that we ask. Um, but I know that when I pray, it's always going to be good and then my life is always going to be better yep. for it. Now, with that, have I ever been convicted when I pray? Yeah, mm-hmm. that doesn't feel good. <laughs> but eventually, conviction always, if you allow it, will always turn into correction. And when, when correction happens, then you, became, you become more righteous or more in a place where you need to be. And prayer is the beginning of that. You pray... God speaks to you either through His Word or sometimes intervention through the Holy Spirit, um, and you say, "Oh, I've been, I've messed up. I get it right. We move on. You're you're back on track." It starts with prayer, and having a set time is I'm going to I'm going to take care of what I need to take care of now instead of waiting later, mm-hmm. because when we are in let's say those types of moments, um, it's easy for us to not pray. Yeah. When you're doing something wrong or against God or something like you like you know you shouldn't be doing, we're more likely not to pray about it. Because like we've talked in other episodes, prayer brings us closer to God. The closer we get to God, the more things kind of reveal because God's holy, those types of things. And I think everybody understands that. Um, it just, like I said, if you set time to pray you'll become closer with God. I believe that wholeheartedly. I know you believe it. Um, And I know there's some listeners that believe it, but I know there are also people that have a hard time 
with scheduled things. Yeah. With and it's not just prayer. And I won't go into all the other ones, um, but like we said, and I'll and I'll just say it again, prayer is always good. Mm-hmm. It is. It is so easy to not do something when you allow not doing it to be an option. Yeah. When you say, well, I'll pray if I remember to. I will pray if a need arises. That is when it is easy to just not do it. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to pray whenever we have a need. Remember back when we talked about breaking down a prayer that acts 25% of a prayer should be, maybe not should be, but 25% is a good suggestion (laughs) for what you should be asking for. And the other 75% are confessing your wrongdoings and telling God how great he is. Mm -hmm. You can always pray. Even if you are just telling God how great he is. Because that's in prayer, that's actually what's more important. Mm -hmm. Setting aside times to tell God how grateful you are for everything that he's done for you is good. Mm -hmm. A couple biblical examples that I picked out. One was Daniel 6. Daniel 6 is the the beginning of the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And and what happens is, is the king at the time, King Darius, he makes this proclamation being manipulated by some of his advisors who hated Daniel, that no one could pray to anyone except for the king. And Daniel has been in the habit of praying three times a day. And so Daniel 6.10 focuses in, he says, when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, this proclamation, he went into his house and the window, the windows in its upstairs room opened towards Jerusalem And three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. This is a great example of praying under persecution, praying in times of trial, but it's also a great example of praying intentionally, praying on a schedule. Don't focus on the room with windows open towards Jerusalem or down on his knees. Those things are great, but just as he had done before. That's the important part. Daniel was in this habit of praying three times a day. And it's mm-hmm. he, not something that he was willing to give up. And the other one is Jesus. Jesus talks about praying in a private room. And I know Phil's going to talk about that a little bit more later. But it, like what we've been saying this whole time, Jesus is a great example. Matthew 6, Phil's going to talk about it here in a minute, is Jesus telling us more about how to pray and how to pray intentionally. The other example, the modern day example, Phil, because I'm getting on my high horse, <laughs> is uh, Charles Spurgeon. I guess he's not too modern because he's, he's also modern. 19th century. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's more modern than 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Charles Spurgeon was this awesome theologian and pastor, and he was leading this great uh, spiritual movement in England. And he had some visitors coming in asking him... Uh, you know, what his secret was. So he was giving him a tour of the church. And he's like, the way that the story was told to me was he's like, hey, do you guys want to see the boiler room? And they're like, eh, we don't need to see the boiler room. You know, it's a boiler room. There are a dime a dozen. What's to see? And he keeps pressing on them. He's like, yeah, well, come on. Let me show you the boiler room. It's just beneath the sanctuary. And finally, they're like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll take a look. So he leads them to this room underneath the sanctuary, and beneath the sanctuary, 
is is this room full of like hundreds of people <laughs> are lying down they're on their knees and they are praying and they're praying that there would be a great spiritual awakening that the service upstairs would go good that the spirit would be there and charles spurgeon says this is my boiler room being intentional with your prayer setting aside time to pray for specific things is super important and it's how we move through the holy spirit and how the holy spirit moves through us so we need to be able to open ourselves up to it i think uh like your your example with with daniel and and him you know getting on his knees and praying three times a day a lot of people uh whether they admit it or not this is some of the things people think um that you know that was the old testament you know we don't have to pray three times a day we don't have to you know, point ourselves to Jerusalem or, or some of those things, put on sackcloth one more morning. And, you know, ashes. Yeah, some of those types of things that they did as signs of, of all different things. But I will say this in, in Luke five fifteen through 16. Um, it says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. What is, I think, the most significant part of this verse um, that I just read is the word often. Mm -hmm. He did it often. With all the people, all the crowds, a lot of us could become very clouded. We become very kind of... Crowded. Lost. Uh, and all those people, and I, some people says, oh, you know, uh, Jesus was God, so he's able. But he also had a human nature mm-hmm. that was outside of his divineness. He, he went through the very same things that we suffered through. I think that's sometimes we have to understand. This is why Jesus is such a great model for us. He is the perfect model for us. Um, it says, but Jesus often withdrew. means he left the craziness. He left all the crowds, um, and he went to lonely places why would he go to lonely places just between him and God? So there's no distractions, just him and God, and he prayed. He talked to God. He talked to his Father in heaven. I think that's a perfect model for us when we're talking about intentional prayer. Do it often. Like I said, the only reason why we say specific time frames to, to do it is because it helps us. Mm-hmm. It's habit but, forming. Um, it's good to create a habit of prayer. There's never, like we said, there's never going to be a point where that's going to be a bad thing. So just always remember, it's okay to be in the habit of prayer. It's actually going to be one of the most beneficial things in your life to be in the habit of prayer. Always going to prayer. Always going to prayer. Always going to prayer. That's always going to be a good thing because Jesus did it. He often did it, even in not just in Luke chapter 5, but we see him do it in many places. He leaves his disciples. He goes to this place. He goes to a garden. He goes to so many different places to pray. That's his intention is to pray. There's no other intention. It is to pray and it's to intercede for us. And I think that is uh, that is. Amazing to see who our God is through that, but also it convicts me to the point where I can normally say I need to pray more. Hmm. I need to pray more because, like I said, there's never going to be a point where I don't think you'll come to a place where I, where you don't need to pray more. There's always there's always room to keep praying. Hmm. So, Phil, I think now is a good time 
to, to move on because we, we've danced around it a little bit. We've talked about the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about how to make prayer a priority. It all starts with this understanding. Mm-hmm. I think when we begin to understand things, understand godly things, biblical things, and I'll be more specific here, but we begin to have a good, solid priority with our prayer life. Um, we can we can make it a priority in our life because we understand the benefits of it. We understand, in in some cases, the opposite of of uh, benefit, or not praying. I should say. So understanding that the only way to experience it, the only way to experience the power of it, because we always hear it, right? We always hear there's power in prayer. There's power in prayer, and that is a one hundred percent true statement. But sometimes it's like, well, I don't, I'm not experiencing this power. I'm not seeing this power. And put us in a place where we don't make it a priority in our mm-hmm. lives. But the only way to experience the power of prayer is probably the obvious thing is to pray. If you're not praying, and I'll say if you're not even praying every day, you're going to have a hard time experiencing the power of prayer. Now, let's, in George Mueller's case, the example that you gave in the beginning. We know because he wrote his prayers down. I think that is an amazing thing for a believer to do, is to journal, to write their prayers in a book or whatever. So for one reason and one reason only, to watch God move, mm-hmm. you to see the power of prayer. And through those things that George Mueller wrote, the prayers that he wrote down, we saw God move in George Mueller's life. And then, but then we can fall into a trap and say, well, God doesn't do those things for me. God doesn't bring a bread truck or a milk truck and light out in front of my yard or, or something like that. But see, God does so many great things for us that we don't see that we've prayed for and didn't realize God actually said yes and answered it through the power of prayer. Um, and then we fall into this trap. We're not making it a habit, whatever. But also understanding it is, it's better for everyone when we pray. As we talked about last week with intercession, people are impacted by your prayers. Mm-hmm. They benefit from your prayers. Even if they're not in the habit of praying every day, they have a chance because of your intercession to be able to partake in the blessings that God has for us. Yeah. Um, I think that is huge uh, that, that we understand that is better for everyone. This, and this includes you. It's better for everyone when you pray, um, it can put you in good places with the Lord. It can put other people in good places with the Lord. And obviously, when we're in a good place with the Lord, good things happen. Bad things might happen in your life, but ultimately, good things are happening. Um, and then, the the biggest one, and I think we might have said it in every single one, but that's how, that's how important it is. Understanding the Father's love for us. Mm-hmm. If we understand that God loves us so much that he wants to have conversations with us, that he wants us to cast our cares on him, that he wants us to not worry, that if we're tired and weary that we come to Jesus and he'll give us rest, all those big, powerful verses that we read in the Bible, um, that all that really starts with prayer. And it all starts with conversation with God. Um, knowing that God loves us so much that he's willing to take on our anxieties, our cares, our worries in life, 
um, and give us rest from them because he cares for us, because he loves us. And we know that he loves us because the Bible says that he's demonstrated it to us, that, that he sent his son to die on the cross, that even though we were totally against him, that we were sinners, that, that we didn't want anything to do with him, he still came and died for us. That shows the love of the Father. That shows us how deeply our God cares for us. And that itself draws us to prayer. It would mean, mm-hmm. if, I, if I understand how much God loves me, I would be in a place where I would, without a doubt, want to talk to Him. Because a lot of people fall in the trap of saying, well, maybe that God doesn't love me as much as He does some, or something like that. But to know the Scriptures, to know the truth about God's love, and that His love is for all people, can put you in a place where you're going to want to talk to Him. Yeah. When you look at making prayer a priority, I agree with you, Phil. It's it's coming to an understanding, coming to a realization about how important it is. And for me, what I what I wrote down is that is that realizing that prayer is the ultimate way to tap into the Holy Spirit power mm-hmm. is so important. And once you do realize that, then you're going to do it more and more often. And it takes discipline. It's hard. Doing anything intentionally, doing anything on a routine takes discipline. Working out takes discipline. Eating healthy takes discipline. Mm-hmm. Anything important that is worth doing, that is beneficial to you, takes discipline. The other thing, echoing what you said earlier, the world is so busy and so noisy. Oftentimes, I think we need to slow down. Just like Jesus, mm-hmm. he, he separated himself. He went to a quiet place. Mm-hmm. The world wasn't made to be conquered in a day. And no matter what we do, we're not going to be able to conquer it in a day. Mm -hmm. Because that's not what God wants. I wrote down, jokingly, that in the garden with Adam, God walked with him. He didn't run with him. Mm -hmm. God wants us to walk with him. He doesn't want us to rush. And slowing down and taking time to intentionally pray with God is super important. I wrote... I. I picked out Philippians 4, 6 for this, and it's, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't worry about anything. Through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. present your request to God. And do that over and over and over again until that is the first thing you want to do instead of the last thing that you forgot to do. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll say this, and this is a little bit off of what we're talking about, but I think it's important because it's the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- get in as much as we can. Here. <laughs> but I think this, and you saw it a lot in the Gospels, at, at least in the Matthew chapter 6, 6-8 uh, or whatever, it, uh, it talks about this idea that, you know, I'll read it, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. A lot of people can fall into the trap of only wanting to pray in large groups. Um, This is probably a 50-50 thing. Now, there's on the opposite end, there's a lot of people who won't pray in public Mm -hmm. because they're afraid or or they're afraid that they're not going to sound good. And this works for both ways. It says, starting in verse, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, 
for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. We know that God knows what we need. Mm. We know that, that in, in also in Matthew, in chapter 6, it talks about worry and the idea that, that if God feeds the birds and, and clothes the flowers, wouldn't He do much more than you who are more valuable? Um, and we know He would, and He does. We see yeah. it. But the thing was, these Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, they would they'd almost like have these big old speeches of these, of these prayers, and and they would just be babbling on and on and on and on. Now, like I was telling you, Ben, earlier, do I think we can use adjectives and, and things to describe who our God is? Of course. Um, but if they are empty words, they are empty. Mm-hmm. They don't mean anything. If you're just saying them for other people to hear them, then you're already praying for the wrong reason. Yeah. If you're only praying for others to hear you, you've missed the huge piece of what prayer is because prayer isn't for others to hear. Prayer is for God to hear. You are praying to the Father. If you're praying in your sanctuary before service, remember this is that you're a person that does this. You're not praying for the other people to hear you in the room. You're praying so that the Father and the Holy Spirit hear you for more than likely you're asking the Holy Spirit to fill the place or you're asking God to move, revive us, those types of things. You're not doing that for the people to hear you. You're doing that for the Father to hear you. And He does hear us. And that's why it's important for us not to go on babbling and, and saying all these eloquent words because Paul even says that those are useless, that they don't mean anything. Um, and this was probably such a radical thing for Jesus to say, <laughs> especially to the religious leaders that was there and some of those those guys, because this was done all the time, especially back then, but it hasn't really changed. It just might sound different or yeah. look a little different because cultures change and, and those types of things, but we still babble on in our prayers. We still pray with empty words we still do things to impress others and and those types of things and that has no place in your prayer life it has no place to make a priority of it um i know in the beginning when i first became a christian that's why i was so worried about praying in front of people because i didn't feel like i had good enough words to Mm. say or good vocabulary which i don't (laughs) but I know that as long as the Father hears me, I have a Holy Spirit that intercedes for me. That even if I I say things that aren't good, or I'm not pronouncing things well, or all those things, none of that means anything. Because we have a Holy Spirit that, that can turn those crappy words into something that... that God can hear and God can understand and listen to because he's God and that's the Holy Spirit and Jesus and all those things. So just for my final thought here, I know that was a little bit off what we're talking about, but but I would, I would my final thought is more of a challenge. So the last week of prayer, um, my challenge to you is that if you have a hard time praying, or if you think that scheduling your prayer will make your prayers less important, less important, I challenge you for a couple of weeks, every single day, at a certain specific time of the day, every day, to pray. Pray for, I'm not going to give you a specific length of time, whether that's five minutes, but I would encourage you to, to give a good solid prayer. 
Um, you don't have to try to put eloquent. If there's times that you just need to pause in that minute, or those, if you're doing it for 10 minutes, if you got to pause for eight of those minutes, pause for eight of those minutes and just listen for God. Because um, like we said uh, a couple of weeks ago, that is also important, listening to God. Um, I think maybe sometimes we need to do that even more. So like I said, I challenge you, pray every single day. Yeah, I, to throw to throw in with that, Phil, if you find that challenge scary, just mix it up a little bit. We talked about writing your prayers down. Mm-hmm. Write your prayers down. Write down what you're praying for and if God answers that prayer. Or write down a script of what you want to say. That is okay. That doesn't make your prayer any less. Mm-hmm. We have a script written down of how we should pray given to us from Jesus. Mm-hmm. I've seen people who like to sing their prayer. Whatever is going to make it more meaningful, more unique, more special, whatever is going to get that message across for you to God. Mm -hmm. That's my final thought. I agree with Phil. Take up the challenge. See how your prayers are answered. See how God moves in your life through that. So this uh, weekly verse is Luke 5, verse 16, says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. All right, well, that concludes this episode of Kingdom Faith, and it also concludes our three-week series in prayer. Thank you for listening. Let us know what you thought. Let us know if God does move in your life through an intentional prayer time that you have set aside. We want to hear from you. We will give you a shout-out. We are all about shout-outs. We just want to let you know that we are praying for you. If you have a comment or a request, you can get a hold of us at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to Kingdom Faith.